0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jump. Um, gotta say, somebody just showed up in the chat room, and he say his name is Lil E. And it says Lil E in the house. Lil E, are you from Russia? Now, that's the question I gotta ask right now. Are you from Russia? Because that, that feel mad Russian right now. By game, man, by game, crazy. Like, this almost starts off like a stand-up routine, but this is the real, man. My game is crazy. So, you know, I get a lot of Twitter traffic from all kinds of people. I don't know. And part of why Twitter is no fun for me these days is a significant majority of what I get is coming from low follower account, low tweet count, fake picture, no location. You know, all of that stuff. But I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember if I said this on here, but if I said it on here before, I'll say it again. There might be somebody hearing me now that didn't hear me before. But we got a real faulty assumption that we make when it comes to this bot game. And that assumption is all the bots are Russian. Because I feel like that assumes a level of sophistication of these uh, these Russian troll farms that I'm, I'm not... I'm not there for like, unless they have like this really impressive dossier of not just like my personal history, but like all the stuff that I actually tweet about, then some of this is American Jack. Like there, there, there really isn't any way around that. Like, I got somebody, you know, I mentioned uh, going to see the therapist on here, man. I had somebody out here talking about something about with me, go to the therapist. Like, there's also this one dude who always thinks I'm like says I'm on drugs and that I should kill myself. Like that comes up a lot. I'm like, is there anything about like my constitution that makes you believe that that's going to work? Right? Like, what about me leads you to believe that you go going to send me this stuff and I'm going to be like, damn, dog. Maybe having all this money is and everything else is just, man. It's just getting to be a little bit too heavy i guess i just need to check out like 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 do you think that's what's going on here you know cuz maybe i'm giving you some tells and signals that you ain't aware of you do uh, i'm not aware of that is maybe you got this some kind of like fantastic psychological profile and gotten to some depths of my soul that i'm not even aware of but i'm looking at that and i'm just like yo y'all are just taking the wrong approach here but these ain't all russians like know that they ain't all russians and I'm wondering when the point is going to come that somebody does a measure of research on this stuff that goes beyond just being like, yo, this is Russia because the gang, these cats with all these other accounts. Like one dude, I don't even know why he decided that he was going to confess this, but he mentioned, like he said, if I mentions, that somebody said something to him about tweet me, and he says, nah, well, what he has is a script. And every time he gets blocked, the script creates a new account. And I'm like, bro, how are you getting blocked enough that you feel that this is necessary? Or why do you care so much? Like, if I decide that I don't really want to hear from you on the Twitter no more, you ain't, I mean, you really want it that bad that you're going to come up with something else? Like, real talk. Do you really want it that bad? Because somebody asked me today, they were like, yo, man, you know, what's it feel like for people to hate to, you know, to uh, love to hate you? I'm like, they don't love to hate me. They hate to love me, but they love me. And to be honest, I love me too. If I was you, I would love me. Like if you, if you're like attracted to dudes, I, I'd love me. You know, I feel like I'm a good look. Just thought. Anyway, uh, we are recording this on the evening of March 28th, April. Let me check the calendar. April the. Third, April 3rd, The Right Time podcast will return. If you are already a subscriber, the file should come down on the same feed. If you do not subscribe to The Right Time with Bomani Jones, go to wherever five podcasts are given away for absolutely free, and you should be able to subscribe um, in that way. We're coming back with it. Uh, people have asked me if Shannon is going to be uh, working on it. I'm working on how to have Shannon um, involved periodically, but Shannon's not going to be there on the day-to-day. If you heard the last like episode of The Right Time you know as a radio show i think that point was made pretty clear but now shannon's working on the show with freddie coleman and ian Fitzsimmons. that's his gig now um but i want to find a way to like get him in there we're working on stuff now uh, on how we're going to get mike involved i think we might have mike giving advice to people in case you ever need some advice i believe that we will have mike hitman giving people advice And so, yeah, we're working on some new things. Um, I did a test run of it last week, and that was cool. They're running, like, trailers for it and stuff. Lance has got it here. If you want to leave a voicemail for us for the show, 860-516-4119, 860-516-4119. You can go ahead and do that. Hey, man, I'm about ready to get to work, man. I'll be having these days around you. Like no 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 days are the same. I have nothing steady. Like it is so wild having a life that is not like structured in that way. I don't know how good that been for me. You know, been good for me listening to a bunch of records and stuff. But I don't necessarily know how good that is for me. We also uh did a uh, camera test for the television show. Now, I know when the television show is going to air. I can't tell you when the television show is going to air because the company has not announced when a television show is going to air. And that's just how that works. Anyway, I know when a television show is going to air, it will not be that long before the television show airs, but I can tell you this, my television show going to be dope. Like there's some stuff that we got going with that from what I can see. That is like rather unlike most of what I see on television in general and in sports television in particular. Like, this is, I am very excited about what this is going to be, which I have to say should give you a great indication of what I think this show can potentially be. Um, cause the show is supposed to start in January and it's hard to keep up your level of excitement three months after something was supposed to happen. Just how it works. Anyway, I believe now is a good time to to your questions did you see the HBCU doc on PBS a couple of weeks ago where did your pride in Clark Atlanta stem from um I did not see the uh documentary I've heard that it was good but I just never got around to it um but to answer your question where does my pride in Clark University stem from I mean I went there it don't really get much more complex than that does it Like, Where does your pride uh, come from in the school that you attended? Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Okay. Um, The one thing, though, one thing that's interesting about Clark, though, relative to a lot of black colleges, like, so I think there's, there's like two sides to this, right? So people who went to like Howard, Howard's a great example of this, although we'll talk about that in a few. Um, people who went to Howard love to tell you that they went to Howard. people who went to Southern love to tell you about Southern. Like, I don't think any HBCUs alumni base loves their HBCU more than people who went to Southern love Southern. And it's not about telling somebody about it. And It ain't about trying to impress them. It is just a completely different level of affection from people who went to Southern versus every other HBCU that I have seen. And people say more than Howard, yes. People who went to Howard, as much as they say they love Howard, they really love to tell people that they went to Howard, right? People at Southern don't care what you think about Southern. They're not telling you that Southern is the best. They're so worried about that. they telling you that they love Southern more than they love anything else. And that's the difference. And so, like, CAU has a little different thing. Because, look, you tell somebody you went to Clark, you tell somebody you went to Morehouse, you tell somebody you went to Spelman, they're going to be impressed in a certain way. Ain't nobody really impressed when you tell them that you went to Clark. Like, you love Clark for what it is. You love Clark for what it did for you. You don't love Clark for the faces that other people make. Like, it doesn't have a cachet in that way. We can have a discussion about whether that is a good or bad thing, but that's just kind of how that works out. Nah, man. Adam ball at Clark. A, I had a ball at Clark, and B, I feel pretty confident that the end result for me and how this all worked out, I don't think this goes the same way if I'm not at that school in that city in the four-year period when I was there. Like, I was in Atlanta from 1997 to 2001. That's a very particular time to have been there, right? Like, that is kind of, it's like The end of like hot Atlanta and the beginning of the ATL, if that makes sense. Right? Like it's the end of one image of Atlanta and the beginning of another. And it's kind of wild to have been there at that time. See, the big thing about being at Clark at that time is just the level of people, the things that people were doing that I went to school with and that I went to school around. Right. And kind of the spirit of it and cash trying to get on and everything else. And this is before it was a played out notion. Like before the I like going to Atlanta was a thing that you did, but you wasn't so much going to Atlanta to like become a star. Like that's a much different thing now. Like, you know, with the movie shooting now and more of the music moving down there. It wasn't like that in ninety seven. It was not. Like two thousand one it starts to change. Two thousand three and it's like, oh hold on, this is a completely different place than I knew anything about. Right. Yeah. I mean, I went to school there. That'll do it. Appreciate the question. Here we go. Did Tyrone from Howard just pull off one of the greatest finesses of all time? Now, I don't know if you guys have heard about Tyrone from Howard. I believe his name is Tyrone Hankerson, Jr., and he worked in the financial aid office, and he has been accused of embezzling north of $400,000. You heard that right. 400 G's. This dude was working in the financial aid office and apparently managed to skim off 400 G's. Now, a lot of people are asking how it is that he could get 400 G's. Now, I got a couple things for you to think about in the idea of like getting 400 G's. For the type of budget that we're talking about, 400 G's is certainly a lot of money. But uh, what's it cost to go to Howard these days? Right. Let me look that up now. What's it cost to go to Howard these days? All right. Tuition is $23,970 these days at Howard. That's tuition. Okay. We're not talking about room and board. I just saw tuition. So we had room and board. Like, what are we talking about? We talk about like forty. That sound about right, about forty. So what? Four hundred G's is what? Ten students. You see what I'm saying? Like you get a little bit here. You you, you can you can, you know. I see how you could get away with getting four hundred thousand dollars. That's the point that I am making. I don't know what exact technique the dude allegedly used, but it is possible that you could do that. The thing about it is. You're going to get caught. Like no matter what it is, you're going to get caught. Because at some point, somebody's going to look at those books. And then once they do, especially in the era of the computer, they're going to get you. There's just no real way around it. You are going to get caught. Now, if this happened in the way that it seems to have been described as happening, well, my assumption would be on somebody like this, man, it start taking a little bit. You know, they get a little bit, they get away with it. Then they get a little bit more. And then they're like, yo, ain't nobody looking. Then they try to take a little bit more than they took before. And then it goes and then it goes. And then one day I think he find Like, you know what, man? Now nah, I'm gonna go big with it. And then he did. it. Now, a couple of things have added, I think, interesting levels to this for people. Uh, Number one, if we're going to be honest, is that the gentleman's name is Tyro, And when you do anything that people could call, shall we say, stereotypically black behavior, the keyword being stereotypically, and then your name is Tyro, well, there's a two and two, right? Right. There's, there's a two and two that people are then going to put together. When you are Tyrone, by the way, if you're going to be out here referring to yourself as somebody junior, I feel like you need to like not be stealing. Um, Although I guess no, no, no. You know what? Maybe there is a benefit to you putting junior because I was thinking about don't be putting junior on your name if you're behaving like this because if you put junior on your name when you're behaving like this you're gonna wind up shaming your daddy but if you're not walking around calling yourself junior all the time then when it winds up in the news you just Tyrone Hankerson and then people think your daddy was the one who was stealing and while I imagine that it's quite embarrassing to have the streets out here believing that you your son is out here stealing you don't want them thinking it was you All right, so that's one level is that we got Tyrone that's out here doing this. But, of course, level two is the fact that this dude was on all the social media platforms stunting all the cash. Like, apparently, he got the bright idea when it came to this that when they catch me, it ain't going to be nothing left. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody looked at old Tyrone Higgins' bank account right now, and that dude got $375 in All right, there's somebody out here that been like, yo, every time we went out to eat, he say he ain't have no money. I used to always get him. But he was out here stunting all of it, all around the world, from what I could tell, stunting that bread. And I want to know what he was telling his parents. Like, while you talk about all this other stuff, what was he telling his parents about how he was getting to these places? Like, his parents had to think he was selling dope, right? Like, there had to be some conversation where his dad called him in and was like, son, talk to you for a second. Now, I noticed that you. Got yourself a lot of nice stuff. And I don't want to ask you no questions about that money. But this is my house. And it's my job to keep your mama safe. Ain't nobody about to be shooting up my house, is it, Junior? Yeah, man. He spent all that bread. He spent all of it. I wanna I mean I'm assuming he was getting this like I mean, if he was doing this in the way that seems to be indicated, my guess is he was getting checks cut. In like other people's names and then figuring out how to cash it from there. Like he probably got some partners that's going to have to tell on unless he was actually dumb enough to be out here cashing the checks himself. Which, by the way, entirely possible, entirely possible. So everybody saw it. I think I saw something that said the students at Howard were sending that dude cash app requests to get their money because people were fighting. They were like, yo, we don't have any money left in the budget. Right. Like cats out here trying to get financial aid and they're like, yo, we ain't got no money left in the budget. And it seems that at least six people were out here skimming cash, like putting it in their pockets. And by the way, this is not the only place where these sorts of things happen in the financial aid office. You know, like this say anybody on campus got access to more bread than the people in the financial aid office. Also, as my man Tyler says in the chat room, this is a very important point. He was the one that was sending people letters saying there was no money left. Like that was his. Job. I saw something uh, a second ago where he was quoted in some news report about how hard up it was. You know, students didn't have you know two parents very often. They couldn't do this, that, and third. It looked like it was from the New York Times, from the font. You know, like like he was wild and so tough. So what, somebody put a post, uh, like a whistleblower post up on Medium and told everybody's business and everything else. And then, you know, Howard had to make an announcement. And they said people been fired everything else. But, y'all, I saw this thing, too. The dude Tyrone put out a statement, and the first thing he put in that statement was he wanted to thank the thousands of people who had called and texted and whatever else to lend him support. He said he had thousands of people that lent him support. And that's how I know that dude will be lying. Like I feel pretty confident that that dude will be lying. Thousands of people, thousands of people, bruh. Let me explain something to you. I found out last year, last year, last calendar year that I was gonna begin the television show. And yo, man, cast was blowing me up. You know, it was love. It wasn't no thousand people. And that's when something good happened. Word on the street out here that you steal it from people. And not only do you know no, just simply no, all right? Not only do you know thousands of people, thousands of people are going to reach out, and thousands of people are going to see a story about you stealing. And thousands of people are going to assume that they lie. Does that add up to you? Does that sound plausible to you? Right. Right. So I get the feeling that dude be lying. Now, do I know if he's lying about this stuff with uh, the financial aid office? I don't really know. But what was that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Was that Catch, Catch Me If You Can or whatever it is? I don't even know if this fully fits the analogy, but I just remember a picture of him like standing in the sun with some shades on and some shorts after running some con. And that's what I thought every single time I saw one of these pictures of this dude in some foreign locale, stunning his expensive-ass clothes, that one might glean that he was able to acquire after stealing large amounts of money. And correct me if I'm wrong and catch me if you can, that dude was lying. He was in it, He was lying, right? Like it wasn't that movie about him lying. He was lying. So you gonna tell me this dude? That thousands of people reached out to lend me support. Thousands of people. Homie was pushing a Range Rover. Like yo, you black. How'd you get away with this this long? In fact, that's what I want to know the stories about. I want to know how many times Tyrone Higginson Jr. got pulled up and they ran through his car for no reason. Riding around in a fur coat and a Range Rover at 25 years old. You think ain't nobody got no questions. Anyway, people are talking about, is he the coldest finesser of all time? Of course, he's not the coldest finesser of all time. He got caught. What are you talking about? He got caught. Like if you're really out here finessing, I don't think you get caught. Like if you're really out here operating with that level of finesse, I'm not on this podcast right now joking about you. What are you talking about? This one, like this, this, this does not sound like it was finesse. He ganked him. Where is the level of finesse? What are you talking like? Do you not understand the level of criminal that's out here existing in these streets right now? Like if you think this dude is somehow on the Mount Rushmore of stealing while we laugh at him stealing? Come on now. Bruh. Man, please. Well are gonna be the worst though. This this, this, this tends to happen. Because I'm imagining if he got all that bread and if the government know about it. Then, whenever they come get him, they're going to freeze that bread up, right? And they're going to be out here accused of stealing 400 G's with a public defender. Good luck, homie. Good luck. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. Did you have any desire to see the reboot of Roseanne? Yes, actually, I do. Roseanne's really, really funny. Like that television show. I, So some of the furor, and I don't even know if furor is the right word, but hey, guys, are you surprised by the idea that the character Roseanne from 1988, that if you fast forward to 2018, are you surprised that that character will vote for Trump? Because, see, I grew up going to school with folks that I would say are similar to the Roseanne family. And if Facebook is any indication, they voted for Trump, right? Like, I don't know who they voted for in 88, but from what I can tell on Facebook, they voted for Trump. Like, they ain't the only people who voted for Trump. And I'm not comfortable with, like, taking all of this as a referendum on them, but they did vote for Trump, right? Now, I do think that the way this show is being done is it appears to be... Roseanne's attempt to give, like, put those people on the screen, similar to I think the goal in '88, was to put, like, a way of life on screen that wasn't really there. Got it. But the idea that that person would vote for Trump would not really bother me if the show's funny. Now, I haven't watched the show. I don't know if the show's going to be funny. The show might be funny because she's funny. I don't really have an answer for you on that. And it is possible that she is putting forth like some pro-Trump propaganda. I can see that. But if it's funny, I'll check it. Like, I don't I don't need the stuff that I consume to necessarily be in full-on agreement with everything that I think. I ask people all the time to consume content that I produce while disagreeing with me and my background or whatever else. This is kind of what it is. If it's good, it's good. You know? So, yeah, I go check it out. I'm just surprised by how many people are bothered by the idea that the character would vote for Trump. Like, a lot of people did. I feel like there's room to put together a piece of artwork that indicates that people voted for Trump. Like, whatever. Okay, I'm there. Now, Roseanne is her own thing. Like, as human, don't get me wrong. She's quite a uh, fascinating character. In that regard, but no, there I would have no like principled objection to watching that television show. I uh, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Were you surprised that Killer Mike seemed caught off guard by the reaction to his NRA video? Um, yes, surprised and not surprised all at one time. So, uh, me and one of my buddies have been saying it all the time while Killer Mike was up there with Bernie Sanders that it could all fall apart at one moment. And we'd say, someone asked Killer Mike about guns. Right? We were just like, this whole thing collapses if somebody asked Killer Mike about guns. But nobody asked Killer Mike about guns. But the whole thing was going to fall apart if somebody asked Killer Mike about guns. So I see the NRA puts out this video with Killer Mike. um, And All right, so part of this that I think is interesting. I don't blame you guys for this, but y'all don't know shit about, like, how this business works. So the video comes out, I guess it was the day of the march. All right. So the video comes out. Like, what did y'all think? They shot that in the morning and then did all that chopping and editing and then had it ready right after the march? You know? So Mike records this, he says, a week prior. And then they put it out. Okay. So then on him, no. But I agree with the people who say, what exactly did you think the NRA was going to do with your video? Like, is that really the squad that you wanted to ride with? But the question I ask you, and this is where all the gun control stuff gets wonky. If you are a black gun owner, that's about that life. Who's coming to ask you any questions, right? Like if these are issues that you wish to discuss, who's asking? Like I did an interview many years ago with Harry Allen, the media sass. And this was when Harry had written the cover story of the source on that crazy Eminem issue. And I don't forget, he said, um, if I was given the choice to write this for the source of the New York Times, I would have written it for the New York Times. But the New York Times didn't ask me. And so he turned over what in retrospect was a very, very, very good piece. And then it wound up being part of that crazy issue. Right. The one with Eminem, get his head ripped off and all of that stuff. But I will remember he was like, nobody else is going to ask me to write this. And so I do think you wind up with people getting in these interesting spaces where they feel like they got something to say. And these are the people that are coming to ask. And so he's like, cool, I'll talk to y'all. And the next thing you know, you're at the center of a piece of NRA propaganda. And so the place where I am surprised that Mike got caught off guard in the way that he did is that he somehow did not think that this would be used as a piece of propaganda by the NRA. But the other thing that I think is worth considering in this, I don't know. Like, I've met him, but I don't know him, right? But I feel like from the bit that I do know about him, cats like that have such a broad level of skepticism of white institutions that they don't necessarily really be separating them. So he's like, yo, I've gone on CNN to talk about stuff. I've gone on Fox to talk about stuff. Like, all this is stuff that white folks got that he ain't necessarily agreeing with. And those cats will often show up in some places that we find to be crazy. And he's looking at it like, man, it's all the same white folks. Like y'all know the people that I'm talking about. If you don't know the people I'm talking about, you just don't know what I mean. Black people. Black people, y'all know know who and what I am talking about in that one. So on that level, no, it's not surprising that that happened. Um, But, hey, man, it wound up being his time on the screen. Like, that's what it was. It wound up being his time on the screen. Let me tell you, because if that many of y'all actually cared about anything Killer Mike had to say, Killer Mike would be a lot richer. Cause y'all will be buying a lot more of his records and y'all don't right. Like for a number of reasons, he became a person that I think is kind of easy to jump on. And I don't necessarily blame you, right? Like I get where people are coming from on it, but I also know what happens and it happens more and more is when everybody decides this is the guy that we going to get on. And then it turns into high school, right? Here's the guy that we get on. And that's what it became. Um, Although as one of my buddies made a great point that apparently there are a lot of people on the right who saw Killer Mike, you know, do that in that video. And they like, um, you know, they applauding him for exercising his uh, First Amendment rights. Let them go listen to uh, close your eyes and count the fuck. When y'all uh-uh, go unite and kill the police, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You want some gun control? Play that song everywhere. Well, my brothers and my sisters and my cripples and my blood is when you all going to unite and kill the police, motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get some gun control like that fast. But think about that. The genesis of gun control in the United States is the Black Panthers in California walking around with their guns out. Then all of a sudden, everybody wanted gun control. So if you're black and you care about guns, and I don't purport to not understand the argument that these Second Amendment folks have. I just think it is preposterous of you to think that if you really are trying to protect yourself from the government, that your AR-15 is like enough. Even if you get the first wave of dudes, second will coming, right? right? Um, like that's where I find them to be ridiculous. But I am not one of those nobody should have guns. No, no it's not a feasible proposition. Right. Like once the gun is introduced into the system, you can't take it out. And like if the cops go have guns, people need to have guns, too. I think that's fair. I don't think, though, the cops or the people need AR-15s. That right there is where it gets interesting. Ah, uh, let's answer this question. I wonder what white man put this here. Do you fear feel the culture? forces you to think one way or get disowned slash called an Uncle Tom, i.e. Killer Mike, Seth Michelle, Steve Harvey. This is stupid. Like, I know this is not a black person who asked this. This is stupid. Now, um, of these people that you have listed, it is worth noting that it's not a matter of, Of thinking one way. However, there are some things that if you think them are gonna get you disqualified, right? Like, and and this is with any group of people whatsoever. There are some views that if you have them, that are going to get you disqualified. We would all agree with that, right? And so the issue, I think, for a lot of people would say, chrisette michelle and i guess you talk about steve harvey though with steve harvey it ain't even so much about views it's about the fact that you know he's that they're taking pictures of trump the issue with chrisette michelle is not that she doesn't think like everybody else is that she does think like trump you understand you understand that's a difference you feel me like your argument here is that if they that if you don't feel one way that you will be then called an Uncle Tom. No, that's not what happened. There are a lot of ways that she could feel that would not have her be called an Uncle Tom. But there is this one way that if you feel that one, people are going to have some questions. And don't act for a second like you don't understand why people would have those questions. You know why people would have those questions. But it's not about your lack of willingness to. To see things one way. Now, we're killing Mike. The argument that many people have. Is that the NRA is a group that is opposed to black people. Now, I will let you decide on your own whether or not you agree. But there are a lot of people that believe that the NRA operates in a way that is oppositional to black people. Well, if you are signing up for something that is oppositional to black people in those folks' minds, then, dummy, what do you think they're going to think about you? What do you think they are going to do? Hey, man, you out here riding with people who, you know, kind of would like to see us destroyed, but we all fam. What? What are you talking about, dummy? Matter of fact, man, see if you can find that John dude and get him up out of here. Nah, don't do that because then he's going to say if you don't think one way. Nah, 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 don't do that. But I thought about it. I thought about it. All right, let's get one more question. How bold do you have to be to bite somebody's face? So apparently somebody bit Beyonce in the face. The reason to believe it might have been Sonata Lathan that bit Beyonce in the face. Somebody bit Beyonce in the face. TMZ say that Sonata Lathan was talking to Jay-Z in a way that made Beyonce uncomfortable. So Beyonce rolled up, and then Sonata Lathan wound up biting her. That is how the story goes. I have no idea who it was that bit Beyonce, but they say that Tiffany Haddish been out here telling people that it was Sonata Lathan that bit Beyonce. And, yes, the whole biting Beyonce thing is weird. Like, let's not not lose sight of that. The whole biting Beyonce thing is weird. But let us please take a moment and ask ourselves, how much fun really is it being Jay-Z right now? Because all I heard in that story was, so there's this dude who was out with his wife, right? But, you know, his wife had kind of caught him up doing some dirt. You know what I'm saying? And so he's at the party having a conversation. And the next thing you know, his woman got to roll up. How much fun is that for either one of them? Like, how much fun is it for Beyonce to feel like she got to run up and protect turf? How much fun is it for Jay-Z talking to Sonata Lathan, and then your woman running up on you? I got a partner that's been in a similar situation to Jay-Z. I'll never forget what he told me. He was like, I have no leverage ever. Like on any matter, he has no leverage. Like, this is what it's got to be. You go out with your homies, she want to know where you at. She want to know every 30 minutes. It's what it's got to be. She wants your location. Drop that in the text window. Like, that's how it goes. Like, that's all I heard from that story was, damn, man. The trust is gone. The trust is long gone. I'm like, damn, Beyonce, you at the party. Now, that being said, I don't know how disrespectful Sonia Lathan was or was not being. She might be that one, right? She might be that one that's like, I don't care if Beyonce over there. I also, by the by the way, entertained the possibility that um whoever the person was that actually did the biting in this story has already been made to disappear. Oh yeah, Lenny talk about that Beyonce Jay Z tour. He's like, Yeah, we going on tour. That's right. She's like, nah, Jay. Every, every night I got a show, you got a show. That's right. No check said, What time? We'll be there. Don't worry. We will be on time. Please believe that. That doesn't sound like fun. I got time to answer one more. I am a self proclaimed herb slash dork fan. How do you feel, or do you understand herb dork? fans of yours um i mean so what kind of herb are you like well what 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 kind of dork? I, I i don't like necessarily understand you but i respect your humanity and will treat you as a human no matter what i got some friends that's dorks i got some friends that's herbs we can all be friends but like being your friend does not require me to understand you does not require me to understand your plight i don't really know your background but hey man there's room for you to kick it You watch all the movies, like the crew movies in the 80s in the schools or whatever, man. It's always one hurt. Like, we got room for Screech. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we we got room for Screech to be up in the crew. Yeah. Yeah. You can be Screech. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Evening Jones. We try to do this about once a week as we can. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you. Remember, April 3rd, The Right Time podcast returns. Subscribe to that one. As for this podcast, if you can't watch The Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe at the, app, at the iTunes store. Subscribe on Stitcher Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store, April 3rd. Check out The Right Time. Take it easy.